In her memoir, A Life's Work, Rachel Cusk wrote, You are one person and then suddenly you are two and slowly you become one again as the child becomes its own person. That constant transition defines motherhood. So much of who we are as individuals is stripped and then enriched by parenthood. A singular purpose with transcending universality. For most mothers, there are so many silences that deserve to be held together and vocalized in safe spaces free of judgment. I'm Priya, a stay-at-home mum of two. And one day, I just decided to call two of my most amazing friends who also happen to be psychologists and moms, Bakul Dua and Gunjan Grover Gupta. And we decided to chat about just the stuff that goes into being a mom. Mommy Mixtape is a compilation of voices from mums who are still figuring things out. No advice, no sermons, just mothers bearing witness to each other's journeys and taking solace from stories that we all can relate to in some measure. The podcast is an attempt to start conversations around motherhood and maternal mental health. They say it takes a village to raise a child. In our first episode, we chat about what it takes to curate your own village in a world of social media and virtual communities. I'm just a mum who enjoys my own space that I have curated very lovingly. And I get to be in it and raise my children in it. And uh, for me, motherhood was a lifelong dream. My journey as a mother started nine years ago when I had my son Ishan. And I welcomed my daughter Aisha six years later, just a month before the first lockdown. Being a parent has been a process of balancing expectations, learning and unlearning. The love for art, music and food have been the cornerstone of uh, my relationship with my children like without those things I wouldn't be able to be a mother because I fell back on all the things that I knew and loved about myself and just took them and shared them with my children and just learned from the process of them learning to love art and food and music the good things in life books books of course and yeah and for me, it's been just that journey with them and having the space to actually find themselves without being pushed too much into, you know, boxes or anything. And they are wonderfully weird and they get to be that. Because I lived in my curated space, I had complete control. And then it was, you know, that process of letting go and letting other people into that, you know, the seed of this idea for the podcast also came from there. That it's those honest interactions that you have that are very rare. So, you know, how it takes time and it takes a lot of love to build that you know, that world around you. So it's to broaden my world and broaden the world for my children. Because all I can do is be a better version of me every day and hope that they look at that and mirror that.
Okay, so my name is Gunjan. I am a clinical psychologist by profession and a mum of twins uh, who are now seven. When the news of Taratosh came in, I was pretty shocked because I was at that time dealing with endometriosis and infertility. So I really wasn't expecting to be pregnant. So when I got pregnant with Nentara and Tosh, I think my entire life story flipped from there. It changed in a very drastic way that I don't think I could keep up with the pace of the change. Anyhow, how I do feel I want to introduce myself after being a parent for seven years is that now a little bit of myself is surfacing. A little bit of what I want to do and what my desires are, what my hopes are as an individual and as a professional are resurfacing. So, when Taratosh was younger and I wasn't working as a as a clinical psychologist, I got the opportunity to engage and interact with mothers. And I realized that it is my deep passion to change conversations around parenting, about parenting, within parents and beyond. And the podcast and being a part of it is is a, is a part of that. Which is, you know, which is why I think three mothers getting together and talking really excited me because this is, in a way, is a representation of how motherhood cannot be a process that's done alone. You could be a single parent, you could be a single mother. We all, however, need a more supportive system. And having to start conversations around that is, I think, a first brief step forward. And of course, there's a lot more that comes after. And uh, the, the intent is to find or to identify with a voice that is here. Because even if motherhood is specific, there's so much universe, universality also in that. So I'm hoping that through the podcast, other individuals, other mothers, get a voice or can identify with a voice, identify with an experience or identify with something that comes up here. And I hope it brings in some curiosity because I don't know how many answers we can, how many answers we can get at. But of course, we can bring in a sense of curiosity, conversations, connection, you know, ways to understand and listen and empathize. And that's what I hope through this podcast. So over to Bakul. Thanks, Gunjan. My name is Bakul and uh, it takes me some time to introduce myself as a mum. I'm very used to first introducing myself with all the other labels that I've come to own. So I'll introduce myself first as a clinical psychologist and therapist. I'm based in Bangalore and I'm also a mum to Jahan, two-year-old. And the reason I say also is because I feel that my identity as a mother is still something that I'm growing into. It's still not the first label that I associate with myself. I'm a relatively new mom uh, in that sense, just about coming out of the haze of the, uh, the first year of diapers and solids and colic. So still coming into my own. I was... A reluctant mother. I became a mom at 36. And this was after 
knowing pretty much my whole life that I didn't want children. I was pretty sure that I didn't want to be a mum. And then I think something flipped around the time that I became 35 and I interestingly got a cat and I realized that I have a lot of love to feel and give. Not that I'm comparing my child to my cat, but my cat actually opened up something within me and I realized that there's something there that I want more of. And it was very brave and ambitious of my husband and I to assume that the next thing we might want is a child and it worked. But the time that I spent on the fence about wanting a child was actually spent discussing with my therapist what having a child would mean for me, for the person I am, what I would lose, what I would gain. And so in that sense, it was a psychologically very, very prepared decision. It was by no means an accident. And I think it also meant going back into my past, looking at the ghosts of my own childhood and what kind of a parent I wanted to be, the specific ways in which I wanted to screw up my child and the specific ways in which I didn't want to. So I went about it really like a psychologist. Jahan was born in the peak of the pandemic in 2021. We got off to a very, very rocky start because when Jahan was eight weeks old, I lost my mum to COVID. And when he was five months old, I lost my father to COVID. So Jahan's birth has always kind of, the birth story is always associated with a lot of trauma for me. And I think the first year of his birth, I wasn't being a mum at all. I was just being a survivor. And I think it's only after he turned one that I felt that I had spent enough time surviving and cleaning up the mess that I had to, that I really stepped into mom's shoes and came into my son's life. So I still feel like a very new mom. I use the word mom poster because sometimes I feel like I'm still playing mom and I haven't grown into it. But now I think year two is when Jahan and I have really found our rhythm. And I can say for sure that I, I enjoy being a mom. I feel like a mom. I'm ready to have conversations with other moms on this aspect of my identity. And what drew me to this podcast is the fact that I see a lot of discourses on parenting as a verb, as doing, the things that you do, the strategies, the philosophy. I find very little discourse on the being of, the subjective being of mothers. So what is the being a mother like? There is very little space that that discourse takes up. Those are very silent conversations that we maybe have with our closest of friends, maybe while crying in the shower or while sharing memes with our mom friends. But I think these are discourses of the complexity of and richness of being a mom that also needs to occupy space. And yeah, and that's what I'm here for, to visualize the being of motherhood. I love that. Thank you. The main reason that I wanted to have space because I feel like the WhatsApp groups don't do justice to what it what the experience actually is. You know, we live in that generation of, you know, instant gratification. You'll get a message from someone giving you the advice that you need. But yeah, they don't a lot of do, yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of switched off. Like I did it for year one and year two and then just found myself switching off everything. And for us, COVID was, uh, in terms of the family dynamic, quite a blessing. That's when we learned how to curate our lives together. We learned how to be together 
and give each other space and figure out who are the people and the influences and everything that we wanted to find ourselves within a very confined space. And I don't think that had COVID not happened, you know, this very major life change wouldn't have been possible. My thought of how do I figure out how to be me and give my husband, my partner enough space to figure out his parenting. Because when things are done in close proximity, and we are the kind of couple who fights in silence, like it's all done very quietly. So there were these whispers that were deafening because we didn't know how to deal with, you know, our dynamic. And and I always wondered through that as like, are other people going through the same thing? And do other people also have fights and whispers and deal with stuff because you know you know what what other option do you have yeah i think when we were talking about meeting here to do the first get together to record this i think we were talking mostly about how all of us have been through different stuff and all of us have different stories to tell i think that was the idea we we came with I'm also thinking about what Bakul just shared about her experience of being a therapist mother. I'm curious about that, Bakul, because <laughs> we don't have a man world, but people think we do, right? I've worked with children. I used to work as a school counselor for many years. And when I decided to become a mother, it was a very aware, psychologically stable decision until, uh, like I said, everything flipped because not only do people barely talk about twins, uh, parenting twins. Uh, there's very little stuff out there about it. We also don't talk about how suddenly it becomes scary, even though you might think you know everything. So I'm curious to know from your experience, what was that like? Just, you know, you, you feel prepared, you feel ready for it. And then what comes to you is something very different. In my, In our first discussion, you mentioned that this also shifted for you how you thought you'd be bringing up your child after losing your parents to COVID. Yeah, that's something that's very much in the foreground of my mind at all times. I think part of being a mom, uh, a huge part of being a mom draws from my identity as a therapist, my worldview as a therapist, my knowledge or my experiences as a therapist inform a lot of my values as a mother, I would have to say, because even as a therapist, I focus a lot on early childhood, a lot on attachment, a lot on the parent-child bond, because the adults that I work with, I work a lot in the context of their early relationships and how they show up now. So for me, going in, I knew that the early years of my bond with Jahan and my bond with my husband would go on to form pretty much the foundation of Jahan's identity, his psychological foundation. So I think this was the stuff that I walked in very clearly knowing that these are the values I want to bring. I want to be a mother that is, for the lack of a better word, Reflective. I think the best I can do for my child is be a reflective mother, a mother who is willing to fail, willing to be corrected, a mom who isn't looking to put herself on a pedestal and be, you know, sort of seen as 
completely perfect. I wanted to be off the pedestal a lot. I wanted to be open to my child correcting me and learning from the experience. So a lot of the values that I brought into motherhood and the stance, I think my therapist identity helped me a lot there. But what I wasn't prepared for was that I wouldn't be doing this alone. It wasn't just me. There was going to be a community that I needed. And for me, my parents were going to be that community because they were a village unto themselves. You know, they were they were the ones that brought all the richness to my life and my sister's life through their love for music, culture, through their extroverted identities, just through the love that they had for people and the love that they had for life. So I think I borrowed a lot of their love for life and recruited it because I was an introvert. So I was very aware that, all right, you know what, when it comes to my community for Jahan, my parents will be the fence keepers of that community and the doorways. But when I lost them so soon uh, after Jahan's birth, I think everything collapsed uh, for me internally, where there was a solid uh, anchoring in relationships and in my own personhood, I think there was now just a hole. I didn't know what was inside of me because the people that really formed that foundation were gone. And I was still relatively new in Bangalore. So I think even now I grieve the life that I had thought Jahan would have. I continue to grieve it. I don't think I'm done grieving the life I thought he would have surrounded by his grandparents and their friends and their experiences and their how they curate that life. So I think I had still kind of, because I had, I had planned to go back to work very, very quickly. And I thought, you know what, he's in good hands and I'll go back. But of course, all of that didn't happen. So here I am trying to figure out a community for my child uh, in the absence of the community I had imagined and the one I continue to grieve in the absence of cousins, in the absence of uncles and aunts. My urban village is a very concrete village. It's one with scheduled play dates, curated friendships, planned encounters at the park and uh, very different from the community I had while growing up, which was populated with cousins, uncles, aunts, grandparents. And there was something so natural, organic and full of love with that. And while Jahan's not going to know what he's missed, I know what he's missing. I don't know if he's missing something. This is the only quality he knows. His playground is going to be largely digital as he grows up. So I think I'm still coming to terms with how different I thought the community and the village would be and how different it actually is. And as I get talking to mums like you, uh, the two of you, I realize that everyone's searching for that community. Everyone's building that community. Everyone's coming to terms with the community that isn't there and possibly nurturing uh, whatever they can for their children. So I think what stands out for me from this experience is where is the village? Yeah. What is the village? Yeah. And how are we building it? Absolutely, right? I do want to mention here that this is a very personal space for us as people who would be listening to this podcast later on would know. This is something that we share as as we go along, opening our hearts out and sharing our, you know, our experiences. And it might help to put in here that this is not a space where we are really hoping, I mean, we're hoping that people will be open to see this vulnerability as is. And, uh, you know, advice, suggestions, comments are welcome. But what's most, most appreciated would be, you know, would be an open mind to make space for all of our experiences and to respect them. Uh, so just wanted to put that out there before we take this ahead in terms of what 
really is coming up what, what bakul is saying what is our community how are we creating this community and so maybe priya you yeah. can share something like bakul and i went to college together almost 20 years ago and we didn't really Shh, let's not talk about that no, i'm just <laughs> okay yeah i'm kidding so and my age it's gone we the cover yeah. right i have Oof. a 9 year old <laughs> that's okay we still could have hidden it well priya yeah <laughs> so bakul and i went to college and we didn't interact so much in college and of course i knew of her parents and her sister and her mom and i think both her mom and and bakul themselves uh, touched based again during the pandemic with my son who who would do his bit of singing and things like that so that's how we came into each other's lives again and very quietly we were both sitting and noticing each other's lives and then i realized that that's what a lot of mothers do they just very quietly observe and they don't have much that they will put out there i would always marvel at gunjan who again i have known for quite a few years but again it it has been not from a not from very close quarters so this this you know this isn't your best friend who you're talking to and you're telling that you know i'm really messed up but i remember always feeling like she's like gunjan's a kind of person i can if i have something troubling me maybe i can give her a call and maybe she will give me a sane perspective not advice as a psychologist i don't think i think it's just a coincidence that you were both are psychologists i don't think we studied was... a lot bakul please <laughs> tell her we worked very hard studying. yes <laughs> yeah so even though they have that's that kind of shines through who they are as people and while you may not have conversations every day and they may not be your best friends but like i feel like if you vibe with anyone whether it's online or it's when you meet someone at a gathering or through you know your larger group of friends and things like that if you vibe with any don't lose sight of that don't lose sight of those connections that you make because those are instinctive connections those are things where you feel like oh my god this person gets it and gets it in the way that i am processing you know we kind of try to curate the kind of people our children meet why don't we do more of that as mothers and why don't we try to build that for ourselves i think that if mothers talk about how it's very simple interactions and very simple things that you can do to have people become your community and become your village and you have to make an effort and not just be quiet about it so i think for me it's stepping out of that fear of oh you know will will this be weird and you know take it beyond the the whatsapp group because we don't do that those physical relationships are few and far between now and we don't seek them out and that is my 
my hope that us doing this will allow people to you know pick up the phone and call that person who made that impact in their life it's like every time i open instagram it's like bakul saying everything that i wanted to say like i wish i had her humor and for behind the grief and all of that there is still her with this you know kind of wry humor and and that's all there for the world to see and there's so much more to all of us and with gunjan and bakul put them in the room together and i'm sure the conversation will flow very easily i have i want to add something there priya because this is connected to what bakul was saying you know what is this community what is this what are we searching for what are we looking for uh it's hard to understand that it's very confusing especially today with the hyper individualistic world we are in uh you know we talk about yeah boundaries 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 that's all i'm seeing you know like we talk about creating our own spaces our little spaces doing what we want to do as a family and so we get confused we get confused with okay how and where do we extend this how do we still have connections while we keep boundaries how do we still have you know meaningful relationships it's very confusing i still don't have answers for that because um that's the second part of what i want to say because we are very fearful of judgment we are very fearful of being judged we are very fearful of not being understood of being misunderstood we are scared of you know of being seen as bad mothers because that is loaded that stuff is very scary if we are seen as bad mothers in fact we want to be seen as good mothers as the best mothers for our kids we hide ourselves and we shrink ourselves and we become quiet and we don't share as much i think we also become very watchful of ourselves which is important in some ways but again it you know we we become hyper vigilant towards everything that we are doing and i think uh, as a as a therapist as a therapist myself i was being extremely watchful of everything i was saying every bit that i was doing i was not supposed to yell i yell by the way and that's not okay i also uh, think that we fear rocking the boat like doing it differently so we don't want to share it with others like like if i decide to wake up uh, during say for example during lockdown we didn't have any routine during the covid lockdowns we didn't have any routine we would wake up very late go to bed very late and it worked for us but it might be viewed as something that is, that i don't want others to see it like that and that comes in the way of finding a community i think all of that that is happening in our heads all of it that's going on in our minds out of whatever we've encountered and all the judgments we've encountered and we do not have you know tai ji bua ji aunty ji mata ji nani ji dadi ji in the house we don't even have them around i also had taratosh when i was 37 and we were in bombay me and my husband were in bombay i didn't even have my parents around at that time first thing that the gynecologist told me after i heard the news of being pregnant with twins was you start looking for maids 
That's one of the first things she said. Find people who will work for you, who will do your work for you. I'm not being judgmental here about the people who find good maids. I'm just upset I didn't find them. <laughs> you know, everyone else did. Where are the good maids for me? Where are the helpers for me? Where are the community people for me? And I had to deal with a lot of that. I felt alone. I felt isolated. Me and my husband were doing pretty much everything on our own. That not only had an effect on my well-being and mental health, also in my relationship, also my relationship with my friends, everything changed. That's why I said it flipped my story. It flipped my boat. It flipped my story. Everything just seemed confusing and new. Uh, so the search for community started very early on and the realization also came very early on that it will not look like what I thought it would be. Just like you, Bakul, I'm grieving many, many of the things that I could not have, that I imagined I would have as a parent, as and all the things I imagined I could provide my children. You know, I thought I'm going to take them to a park every day. There's going to be nature. And there we were, locked into two rooms for the entire day, month after month. Even though there were four at that time, the pandemic broke me. That day when we heard that we are going to be indoors and locked in, I cried and I cried and I cried because I knew that this has changed everything from us. From here on, we'll have to write a new story. Mm. It changed everything for us in terms of all the things we wanted to do with our kids. So many of us became parents or thought of becoming parents before the pandemic. We didn't need the pandemic. I think, Priya, you didn't need the pandemic to make your home beautiful and lovely and wonderful just the way it is. You just have taken the pandemic in your stride because that's the kind of stuff you do. But we didn't need this stuff. We didn't need this pandemic. We didn't need things to make it harder for us. We want things that make it easier and fun and lovely for us, which means being outdoors, hanging out with people, our kids hanging out with people. There is music, there is food, there are people there for each other. That's what we want. And however different our ideas of what a community looks like for us might be, I think the thing that runs common for all of us would be the, the need for acceptance, a a group of people or a space that accepts us, which is why a lot of us are turning to social media, putting parts of our life that especially maybe looks good so that we get some acceptance and validation. And it is an important part of a mother's life to put it out there, I think, nowadays for many of us to put it out there because it is such a an isolating, lonely, solitary thing to do. Sometimes we crave for adult conversations. I do. I love talking to my kids, but I don't mind talking to some grown-ups once in a while just about other things like how do I wax myself or, you know, like when do I go get a head massage or um, anything, any crazy stuff. What's the last book you read? Yeah. That sounds like the craziest thing to ask. That's that's just, that's how hardworking mothers are and parents are. And so let's start thinking about what kind of a community we want. 
it's okay to start thinking about that question i also want to say priya that it might seem to us that many people don't have a community mothers don't have a community uh, it might seem like that to us but for many people a community can simply be a group of people a group of mothers they hang with yeah they hang with they go out have a meal have some cocktails talk about their mother-in-laws bitch about their husbands talk about their kids and while that's okay the kind of community i think we are talking about here what what we are talking about is something different yes. we are not talking about the hangs yeah. that happen yeah it's not i think it's about creating a space where you have people who will be there for your children no matter mm. what who will show up mm. and they may not be the people that you hang with but those are the people that will show up and they may be miles away but they'll know and they will come in so many different forms they will come in the form of a weird single uncle who does never wants to have children but who is willing to give of himself to your children and then take and then end up taking the load of you and they are doing it as a a result of their relationship with your child but they don't know that that they're doing you a huge favor and we have a lot of those because we come from like this vibrant community of musicians and artists and stuff so we have a lot of very different kind of people from they're, they're very different from the mainstream and a lot of them make choices where that gives them the luxury of time and time i think is the most important essential commodity for children and so we have been so lucky to have this group of misfits but they fit into our life and they fit in beautifully and without doing without tags and without saying anything they have taken the load off and made my life as a mother easier as a mom who's chosen to do this full time and curated everything i yearn for those adult conversations i yearn for that interactions and and so i'm like okay fine maybe it's just going to be these quiet interactions that are laced with so much reservation because you're like do do you think they'll respond if i send somebody a dm or you know and what is amazing about mothers is how incredibly they are giving they are of themselves they will respond to you regardless of the hour and if you've sent you know a mother you admire or anything just even the, you know if that step is taken in the smallest way it will be reciprocated in ways that you cannot imagine and i think that's what's so important to see that that's what new mothers need i think bakul will be able to go into this you know in greater detail because that's what we need to have people who will show up i'm going to move a little away from that question and tell you the kind of community i have right now because it's 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 from there that i derive the community that i mean this isn't the community i thought of but this is what i have and then this has to think about what i would have 
wanted. And I'm glad that Priya mentioned, you know, the community of mums trying to silently whisper to each other and hold one arm out to each other, because I think that that's a huge part of the community that uh, I currently have. So I have a very, I would say, unconventional community. I had, I, I didn't want to do this on my own. I was very clear that I would want to be a good mum. I had to be a working mum. And so very quickly, I think after I wanted to go back, I had thought I'll go back maybe six months. Uh, I'll start working an hour a day or something like that. So right from the time that I delivered, in fact, a month before I delivered, we had someone join us. Uh, her name is Mary and Mary's still with us. And Mary's a big part of our life and a big part of Jahan's community. She is family for us. And just like with family, we bicker, we fight, we love her and she loves us, hopefully. And she is a parental figure to Jahan. So in the complete absence of family and friends, uh, Mary was the person that uh, came in as paid support. She's lived with us uh, since that day. And uh, for better or for worse, she is our primary. She, she is one of Jahan's primary caregivers. So there's Mary, and along with Mary, there's uh, Lakshmi, who cooks for us, and Kamakshi, who comes and cleans, and uh, Lokesh, who is the person who drives our car. And I didn't imagine that this would be Jahan's primary community, but Jahan is a terribly shy child, terribly shy. And the only people he loves hanging out with are Lakshmi, Kamakshi, Mary, and Lokesh. I curate my playdates for him. I make sure he hangs out with children uh, his age and my friends, my mom friends. But he only really loves to hang out with the people he chooses to hang out with. They've taught him Tamil. They've taught him Kannada. They've taught him Telugu. Wow. He's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> so he speaks to them very differently from the way he speaks to us. And uh, this is the primary community. I didn't imagine it to be this way. I continue to try and schedule play dates with mums I like, with mums I'm fond of, but Jahan chooses the people that he chooses and I couldn't be happier for it. He's expressing himself the way he wants to. The other community that I have access to, and I'm so glad that both of you mentioned, is unfortunately on social media. I was never, ever big on social media. I, I, I absolutely hated Facebook, hated Instagram. After I lost my parents, I realized that I've also lost witnesses to my journey as a mother and witnesses for Jahan, people who would love Jahan, people who'd be curious about the things that he did, you know, because the thing that I wanted the most was people to know him, people to know me, people to know us together, right? I felt very lost. I felt after my parents, I felt that, uh, possibly a layer of people who knew us, who were friends with us, who loved us, were suddenly gone. And so very organically, not not I didn't really think about it, but I suddenly was putting my baby on social media, on Instagram, and this is something I never thought I would do. I was very, very particular, no social media, no baby. But for me, it served a very different and organic purpose. For me, it served the purpose of building a connection. People would see, people would comment. Let's say someone like Priya would reach out or other moms would reach out and say, oh my God, it's so fun to see the stuff that he's up to, the stuff that you're up to. And in the absence of physical connections in my life, uh, because I also wasn't very open to making friends 
at this point in my life because i felt like my experiences had isolated me a bit uh, i felt like i didn't want to constantly bombard people with my experience of grief because that's all i had to talk about so i actually have withdrawn a little bit socially over the last couple of last two years but social media was a place that offered me a chance to share jahan and my story uh, and the ridiculous aspects of it i i love seeing the ridiculous aspect of things so my posts about jahana nihilistic they are bizarre they're dark they're funny and some of that found a lot of takers so jahana oh, yeah. and i have a oh my god yes and that's a community it's i i enjoy telling people who i may not talk to who i may not see uh but i like for them to know what jahana and i are up to and that's a community that i have uh another community that i have is my friends all over the world who are no longer kind of with me in the same city but we have our different whatsapp communities so they want to see they want to be a part of our lives so my physical community continues to be a very sparse entity but my imagined community my shared community which is so which is largely online is what nourishes me and this is really alien to me i'm not a social media person at all and the fact that my community comes as dps and inboxes is something that is still surprising me and i also like to want to say like priya said one day very randomly i got a gift it was a beautiful hand painted gift wrapping paper and when i opened there was these lovely books and i see they've come from priya and her children for each one of us at home and just for the fact that they would see me and jahan on social media and they would enjoy our little stories ishan priya aisha sent books for jahan and i and my husband nikhil and just like that i felt seen i felt i felt like i existed i i didn't feel like i was just in my house alone and i think that was the arm that was reaching out and saying hey i see you and i think that touched me so 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 much uh, that moms would do that for each other you know so the social media is a big community so you know i think what i'm arriving at with that is even though as mothers are imagined community is different from what we now have or what we share now it's different from what we imagined wanted it to be etc maybe this is a learning to accept what we have to learn to just take what we have and to accept the fact that what we thought we would have is maybe what not what we need anymore maybe right i mean uh i'm okay if i'm not staying in a big house with 10 people and 15 cousins yeah. <laughs> maybe i won't have been yeah. yeah maybe you know maybe half the reason my mother is tired and couldn't give me one on one attention was because she was taking care of 10 other people in the family i'm just saying you know right so while we might think in our heads that a community looks like an extension of a family or looks like how earlier families looked like because that's what we are familiar with and and but that doesn't mean that that's the only way our kids could feel safe and happy and loved or we would feel safe happy and loved so what i'm understanding is that maybe it's time to revisit the idea of a community and create a new and reimagined idea of 
or reality of community and what that can provide for us. Because I also understand that there's a lot of criticism for mothers who are on social media, right? They've got to be a certain way again. And I also, like you, Bakul, turned to social media when I was, you know, I would be spending hours alone with Nentara and Tosh in the house. And I didn't have, you know, I, I don't, I thought I, nobody would get it, what I was going through. So I started writing and sharing a picture and then write like these ultra long posts sometimes. And that I felt lighter after writing. Sometimes people didn't respond. Sometimes people didn't like any of it. And But that was still okay. I just felt it was out there in some vast random space. It's just put out there and... I am feeling lighter and I'm also very slowly felt seen by some people, but then very quickly also felt disillusioned by the kind of scene uh, that I got uh, from people because they were only seeing a part of my life. So I'm adding to what I was saying earlier in terms of reimagining what a community looks like for us. And it's also about the kind of conversations we are having with ourselves about ourselves right i mean i'm i'm arriving at that by by listening to this that how we are talking to ourselves about ourselves and about you know how we are thinking so many times before sending a message or before putting up a picture or before sharing a post not because we want to be liked but because we don't want to be judged. Uh, so I'm wondering if this means that we have to talk to ourselves a little differently about ourselves. I'm just taking it there. So if oh, Absolutely. I think, like, again, I have consumed uh, Gunjan's posts and, and always felt like there are people who just relate to that simple post and maybe you, did, you didn't only make yourself feel lighter you made other people feel like, you know, that commonality of experience and that it was that hand that said, okay, yeah, you, I know that you're going through the same thing. And don't blindly go by, you know, the WhatsApp messaging, you know, do this with your kid. And this is how you potty train. And this is and because like there's so many WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups and and I think that being so dependent on those, also you lose sight of the intuitive journey. All mothers know what is going to work for their children because you know your kids. So I think to express and be comfortable with the vulnerability of it all, we shouldn't be fearful of that because that makes this experience real. And it also just gives a voice to the trying that we're all trying this is always going to be a work in progress and that trying might be enough as we wrap up our first conversation our first episode there's lots of thoughts running in my mind about how to make sense of what we did here today and what we're intending to do here. And I'm going to for a moment leave our conversation and really, really zoom out, take a very, very large zoomed out lens and say that mothers having conversations in public is a political act. Mothers claiming space to talk about motherhood and beyond 
is a political act and the reason i say it's political is because um, we don't see it happening very often um, i remember one of the biggest regrets that i had and i continue to have about my mother's passing away just when i became a mother was that i never got to know her as a person i only knew her as a mother and when she passed away i got glimpses into other aspects of her life and her personhood and her personality from her friends from her siblings from her followers on social media and i i i couldn't relate those to my mother you know and this the stuff that they spoke about her i didn't know that about her i never cared to have those conversations with her i was just so busy seeing her as a mum as my mum and that got me thinking about all the conversations she would have had with her friends with her siblings with people in her community and how none of those conversations were ever made visible they couldn't have been made visible perhaps and here we are one generation later women with a lot more relative privilege and we're able to make our conversations public visible and i wonder what becomes possible for families for women for children when mothers make their private conversations visible when we talk more openly about the experience of being mothers when we talk about how we are winging it when we're talking about how we're making sense of this experience when we don't have to hide in places and wait for you know once a month gossip sessions with our siblings or you know some sort of private conversation to make these conversations visible what if society knew what mums were thinking as they were thinking it and i think that's a very radical sort of space to occupy and i'm excited to share this space And with that we'll end today's episode and hope to continue this conversation in the next time. Thank you. If you have stories that you'd like to share or conversations that you'd like to start, reach out to us. We're on Instagram at mommymixtape. That's M O M M Y M I X T A P E.